This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. This is Dr. Hansen, the President of World Ministries International. Welcome to the Warning Program. Today's message, The Champion's Heart, I Preach on a Sunday service at Anointed Ones Church of Deliverance International in Aden, North Carolina, at Apostle Ruth Peterson's Church on April 23, 2023. Enjoy. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. 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 Father God, let the sword come down in Jesus' name. Let the sword come down in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Let the sword come down in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Break every chain. Break every barrier. Break every stumbling block. Set your people free in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Let miracles happen in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. 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 You may be seated. Thank you, Lord. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, the Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. Can you say amen? The joy of the Lord is our strength. Hallelujah. The joy of the Lord will drive away all of the attacks of the enemy, the fears of the enemy, the demonic oppression of the enemy. Because in the Lord, we are victorious. No weapon formed against us will prosper in the Lord. In the Lord. You know, there's a tremendous anointing in this place. 
a tremendous anointing a tremendous anointing it's so good to be back with you folks I just love your apostle Ruth Peterson amen amen we have known each other now for well over 20 years well over 20 and uh, we have served on boards together for probably at least 20 we've talked about her going with me to Kenya for 20 and it's time it happens amen <laughs> I'm going to take her to East Africa and we're going to see a mighty outpouring of the Holy Ghost but not with me <laughs> but, but, but you've been talking and saying I want to go with you Dr. Hansen oh no 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 okay, oh you heard my message Wednesday Friday night but let me tell you if it's that dangerous I, I will leave you at the hotel and I'll go by myself I'll get you back I'll get you back I promise hey we're going to have to lay hands on her I'm going to get her back this guy okay yeah I know he told me up here he wants me to go to Nigeria well I'm, I'm going to get her back you going to let her go yeah you better let her go let me, let me tell you I'll bring the apostle back can you say amen I'll bring her back I'll bring her back I'll bring her back can you say amen I will bring her back I promise you now when Pastor Brian goes with me I might not bring him back but I'll bring the apostle back oh hallelujah give the Lord a big hand clap give the Lord a big hand clap hallelujah oh man I, I, I love her so much and, and you're fortunate that she's your leader amen 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 hallelujah and she's my sister and I tell you we, we, we've uh, we bonded I think immediately immediately and uh, it's it's been so wonderful knowing her now, ladies and gentlemen you know there's so many things we could say so many testimonies we could give so many things that have happened I leave a week from today for Jerusalem I'll be in the Knesset flying there to meet with the Parliament and so I get there Monday night Tuesday I'm in the Parliament of Israel you know Israel needs a word from God can you say amen they need a word from God that's what I do I travel the nations meet with the leadership of nations pull together the, the church leaders the Apostles and try to bring that nation back under Jesus Christ because only God can stop the insanity that's going on in the world today amen and he's given that responsibility to the church we're his ambassadors he said go tarry for the power of God the baptism of the Holy Spirit before you try to represent me and half of the church nullifies the gifts of the Holy Spirit they don't tarry they don't care and that's why the church is a mess Half of the churches don't care about the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, don't even try to represent me until you're endued with a power from on high. Don't even try. You know, we can pray for Jesus to save the nation. Jesus looks to you and say, hey, I gave you that responsibility. You're my ambassadors. Save your nation. 
He's not coming out of heaven to the battle of Armageddon. Then he'll remove evil governments, then he'll rule and reign. But right now, we have that responsibility to bring peace to the nations, and that's why I travel the nations. Representing the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ. That's the reason I travel. Do you have that orientation? Okay, let's show it real quickly. Reverend Dr. Jonathan Hansen is the founder and president of World Ministries International, WMI, sounding the alarm. Dr. Jonathan Hansen ministers to leaders, political, religious, attorneys, businessmen, etc. Besides traveling the nations, he uses television and radio to reach every city and every nation. Dr. Hansen also uses social media to prepare the church and nations for the second coming of Jesus Christ. Dr. Hansen interviews on television in the United States Washington State Senator Val Stevens, Senator Joseph Zarelli, Councilman John Coster, and Washington State House of Representative Matt Shea at the WMI Television Studio. Reverend Dr. Daniel Nalaya, founder of the political party Rise Up Australia Party, is being interviewed by Dr. Hansen in the WMI Television Studio. Dr. Hansen in Israel's parliament interviewing on television Knesset member David Rotem and Michael Oren, Israeli ambassador to the U.S., as well as interviewing in Jerusalem on television Executive Director of the World Jewish Congress, Shai Hermish. Josh Reinstein, the Director of Israel's Knesset Christian Allies Caucus, is interviewed by Dr. Hansen in WMI's radio studio. Here, Dr. Hansen is in the Knesset in Jerusalem, Israel, and interviewing on television M.K. Rabbi Yehuda Glick. He also interviewed for television Knesset member M.K. Robert Ilatov at the 2017 Night to Honor the Friends of Israel Banquet. Founder of International Coalition of Apostolic Leaders, convener John Kelly, is being interviewed by Dr. Hansen on television and radio at the WMI studios. Dr. Hansen is a guest on TBN and interviews Bureau Chief Chris Mitchell in the CBN 700 Club studio in Jerusalem, Israel. Dr. Hansen also interviewed attorney Mark Zell, Republican Overseas Israel co-chairman in Jerusalem, Israel on TV. Attorney Stephen Pigeon, 2012 candidate for Washington State Attorney General on radio, and Reverend Dr. Joseph Featon, senior pastor of Cedar Park Church, Assembly of God, and economist businessman Arch Bonema on television. Dr. Hansen meets separately with the Liberian President Moses Zabla, Vice President Wesley Johnson, and with the President of Parliament, the Honorable George Dway. Dr. Hansen with the Burundi President, and another day with the Vice President counseling, praying, and giving direction. Dr. Hansen meeting with the Prime Minister and the Governor-General of Jamaica, the Presidents of Haiti, Uganda, Zambia, Zimbabwe, and the President of Parliament, Rwanda. Dr. Hansen meets with the Secretary-General of the Global Parliament for the United Nations, Burundi Ambassador for the UN, Governor and Parliamentarian for the Democratic Republic of the Congo, and Zimbabwe's Ambassador. Here, Dr. Hansen is meeting with the Member of Parliament in Sweden, the Premier, President of the Cayman Islands, Honorary Consul of the New Zealand Consulate, President of the Navajo Nation, Prime Minister of Guyana, South America, and a member of Parliament Ghana, West Africa. Dr. Hansen in Cuba giving a word for Fidel Castro. Dr. Hansen ministers and performs a baby dedication in the home of the Philippine ambassador. In Jerusalem, Israel, Dr. Hansen meets in the Knesset, Israel's parliament, with the chairman of the World Likud Party, Danny Danone. Dr. Hansen meeting with the vice president of Kenya, Stephen Kalonzo Musioka. This photo appeared in all Kenya's newspapers as Dr. Hansen was at Kenya's National Day of Prayer over his prophetic word for Kenya given to President Moy in 1992. In 2008, he is meeting with Kenya's President, Vice President, Prime Minister, and a U.S. Congressman. Dr. Hansen speaking in a Kenya venue that holds 200,000 on Kenya national television with the Vice President and thousands of dignitaries in attendance. 
Here he is, ministering in the United Arab Emirates and Muscat Oman. Dr. Hansen speaking to thousands in Singapore, Hong Kong, Malaysia, Japan, India, Sri Lanka, Uganda, Kenya, Rwanda, Burundi, Poland, Sweden, Romania, Cuba, Jamaica, Central and South America, etc. Dr. Hansen speaks in conferences throughout the world. WMI School of Theology educates and prepares leaders throughout the world. Here are WMI campuses and graduates in America and Africa. WMI supplies food to the widows and orphans as well as meeting other needs. WMI provides a horse for a family farm and a refrigerator is given to a Romanian hospital, a warehouse filled with supplies for the poor. Here, Dr. Hansen leads a team to supply food for war victims and he visits with people in displacement camps. While in Liberia, Dr. Hansen and team visit displacement camps supplying the children with candies. WMI established dental clinics in the Dominican Republic, El Salvador, two in Jamaica, and ten clinics in Kenya to help the poor. Dr. Hiodo, WMI's benevolence director in Russia, with the dental team. Dr. Hansen in Romania, where WMI supplied a dental clinic for Hand of Help Orphanage. Also, the City of Refuge Orphanage in Jamaica is visited, where the team pass out toys and other supplies. Dr. Hansen visits orphans in Ghana, West Africa, as well as in the nations of Kenya and Burundi in East Africa. WMI has built schools in the slums, including this school in Kenya. WMI educates and feeds 1,200 children in two slums in Nairobi, Kenya. In this African slum where people die from polluted water filled with urine and feces, WMI drilled a water well to supply clean water for the people. Visit our website, www.worldministries.org. Contact us via email, warning at worldministries.org. You can send a check to World Ministries International, P.O. Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292, 360-629-5248. Shalom, and may the Lord richly bless you. Amen. So that gives you just a little bit of an idea. We definitely meet with leadership. I'm called to leadership. Uh, I move as an apostle and prophet. God gives me a word. I send it to the government. It comes to pass. They invite me. And so I'll be meeting again in Knesset. Uh, the parliament with government and things like this but then uh, we also are, are involved now apostolically I pull together all of the churches the apostles and prophets and we try to once again take that nation for Jesus Christ in Israel there's actually 300 uh, churches apostolic churches and so some people don't know it they're underground but uh, in their own nation they're they're persecuted but when I come in, you know, uh, they leave me alone, probably because they know my television program speaks the truth and protects them. I'm not deceived. It's not that they love Christianity, but they, they're using me, and I'm, I'm, I'm taking advantage of that to reach them. Amen? Amen? So I know they, they don't love Christianity, but they want my program to protect them because I will speak the truth, which covers the lies of M MSB, ABC, CNN, that all demonize Israel. So they demonize the people of God, but uh, we tell the truth. And so I get invited back year after year. Um, also, you can see that we are involved more than just working with leadership. Um, my wife has the Dorcas Fund for Widows and Orphans, and we, we do humanitarian care. And so that's just a little bit. It's not much, but it does give you an idea of the overall ministry we have because you know the gospel of jesus christ the kingdom of god is is it entails everything they jesus is concerned about each and one of our needs amen each and every one of us 
And because he is concerned, when we have him inside of us, the Holy Spirit, we are concerned. If the body of Christ is suffering anywhere in the world, I am concerned. We have a responsibility to try to help them meet their needs. That's what Christ would expect. And that's what we do. Now, we're also, I'm also leading eagle-saving nations. Around the world, they're trying to topple the governments and move us into the new world order. They want to mark every single person. If you don't follow their instructions, you won't buy or sell, just like the Bible warns in the book of Revelation. They're doing that right now. Poor Christians are dying in the, in the countries around the world and in any generation combined. There's an attack against the church of Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ is against this one world government. It's his kingdom, not theirs. Amen? And so only a church can stop this insanity. So I'm trying to lead eagle-saving nations around the world. Once again, we're trying to get all over the world, get into the stadiums, uh, like in America, trying to get into the NFL stadiums, the NBA stadiums, the civic centers, uh, large arenas, and let the power of God come down once again. Bring Pentecost once again, touching the lives of the leaders, turning people that are intimidated, that are afraid, like Peter was, who ran and hid and even lied, filled with the power of God. So no longer are we afraid. We speak with boldness. We take away that fear and intimidation, and we take back this nation. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. That's what is focused on. The power of God once again coming upon the church. Half of the churches are under the Federal Council of Churches. That's a Marxist communist covering. Mainline churches. They nullify the gifts of the Holy Spirit. They nullify sin. That's why most politicians go there. They don't deal with sin. They're bringing drag queens into their churches. Ordaining homosexuals. Half of the churches. You can see the work we've got to do in America. We've got to wake up the church. The church has got to have a tremendous revival, a tremendous repentance, if we're going to stop the insanity taking over America. We have got to do it, ladies and gentlemen. My burden from Jesus Christ is once again fill the church with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Let God once again lead America. Amen? We have got to do it because they're trying to topple America, move us into a new world order. If the church doesn't stop it, it's not going to happen. Again, I move apostolically, prophetically. If I was not a good apostle or prophet, I wouldn't say this. We have got to warn the church what's happening so the church doesn't become a victim. What is our responsibility? To restore the church to the mission and method of the way Jesus and the apostles led. Now, I'm on the board of International Coalition of Apostolic Leaders, as well as with Dr. Ron Cottle. Dr. Ron Cottle is, is with me on Eagle Saving Nations. And um, we know we need the power of God once again to come upon the believer. Reconciliation between ethnic leaders and churches. Revive the church to expand kingdom influence. Rest, reformation of society and discipling of nations. That's what we need to do. That's the church's mandate. That's our God-given responsibility to go all through America and every aspect of America and disciple the people, disciple the nations. We want to affect government, media, arts and entertainment, business, education, religion, and family. That's the only thing that will save any nation if the church becomes salt and light. Nigeria is in trouble. Half of the churches in Nigeria, you know, they've been under attack ever since I lived in Kenya. I personally lived in Kenya from 87 to 95. Muslim against Christians. All over the world, the church is 
is coming under attack. And now by the new world order. In the brochure you can the brochure we passed out to you it goes into Eagle Saving Nations. I'm just going to read these titles to you, and then we're going to get into the message. Now, this is a science of judgment. Dr. Cottle has endorsed as well as many other leaders, apostolic leader, John Kelly and others, being over 200 Bible colleges. I brought, uh, now I only have four books with me. But uh, who, who has those books? Okay, Petrina has them. If it, Cynthia, I'm sorry. You know, I've never been good on names. Where's Petrina? Petrina! I'm so used to you. Okay. Yeah, Petrina has always gone with the apostolic uh, uh, Ruth Peterson. So I got to know Petrina a long, long time. I thought you looked different. <laughs> you know, I, I, I didn't think I remembered you that way, but, I said, well, memory. but anyway, okay, here we go. I'm going to go fast. Chapter one, the laws regarding prophecy and judgment. Patterns of apostasy. Why is this important? Because this is happening in America today. God's laws and patterns of, of judgment are scientific. They always happen in every nation. Always, always, always. Standards for justice and mercy. God forgives when people repent. God holds nations responsible for what leaders do. We need to understand that. Some people have the philosophy of live and let live. That should not be our philosophy. God holds nations responsible for what people do. Before 1973, homosexuality was a crime in America. Sodomy was a crime, and we'd arrest you for it. They took the Bible and prayer out of the schools in 1963. We didn't need Christian schools. The public schools taught morality. Some of you knew that. You went to school in my time, didn't you? And we were all taught Christian morality. Parental responsibility, the feast of the Lord, Solomon's transgressions and their consequences. Righteous kings versus evil kings. The example of King Jehoshaphat, ungodly alliance. God is predictable. God holds people accountable. Man can turn into an intelligent beast of evil, and that's what they're doing right now. Man has turned into an intelligent beast all over the world. They are persecuting people in every form that would make you very sick. Christians are coming under attack like never before. There are laws changing right now to hold you and I accountable if we don't go along with a program to arrest us. If we care at all about our church and our family, we must rise up and have another great awakening. We've got to bring God back into America. Problems with the theory of evolution, evolution and racism, Dar Darwin's hatred of Christianity and its fruit, the fall of America and her destruction. Cult Christianity, radical liberal politics. People choose their nation's leaders. Qualifications for godly leadership. Romans 13, delegated authority. You know, the communists like to take this way out of context. Well, that tells you to obey the government. That is not what it says. Romans 13 says we're all accountable to a higher authority. That's God, Jesus Christ. And if the government doesn't follow that, we are righteously supposed to disobey. That's what the Bible says. We don't have to conform to the immorality and uncivilization and immoral laws, sins of abomination that the government pushes on us. You know, there are two sexes, men and women, not 33. Come on! Amen? What kind of insanity? They did not even say this in Sodom and Gomorrah. Now if a child thinks, you know, a girl thinks he's a boy, they'll, they'll do a sex operation on it. 
What kind of nonsense? This is child butchery, child abuse. The world can't believe how stupid America has become. I travel the nations, they can't believe it. What is in your morality anymore? I said, well, we're not a Christian nation anymore. Now they're trying to use America to change Christianity all around the world. Representatives are going to our governments all over the world, African governments, all governments, saying if you don't adopt homosexuality and abortion, we cut off your aid. That's the truth. I meet with these leaders. They complain, Dr. Hansen, what's going on? We've always looked to America. We can't anymore. Satan is in charge of this world, not Jesus. You say Jesus is in charge. No, he's not. Would Jesus let all this immorality and filthiness and debauchery and murder go on right now? No, he wouldn't. See, this is the point. The church is in charge. Jesus gave that responsibility as his ambassadors when he ascended. He's coming out of heaven to take back the responsibility of the church at the Battle of Armageddon. If there's going to be peace in any nation, it's you and I. That's why I travel the nations. That's why you're in Nigeria. If we don't represent Christ, then what are we doing? The business-oriented church? We don't need to preach what people want to hear. You preach the truth. Can you say amen? It's not live and let live. There's sins of abomination that brings judgment on a nation. If laws violate conscience, we must disobey. Persecution is all about. If Jesus and the disciples who became apostles and the early church would have just conformed to the laws of Caesar, none of them would have been arrested or killed. See, this is what persecution is about, representing Jesus. Changing society. Not conforming with it. Not obeying it. We are in a cultural war. This is not the country I grew up in. Apostle, you and I grew up in, it was a nice country. Public schools were nice. There weren't Christian schools because they all taught Christianity. I learned to read from the Bible in public school. You did too. Are we together? That's the America we want again, amen? It's our, resp our responsibility to a hostile government and the Christian science of judgment. That's in this book. And I have four left, and I'll give it to you. First four, come get it. Okay, we want to discuss, and if, if, if um, when I run out, if you want it, we'll, we'll, send it the, we'll send it to you without shipping and handling charges. So just order it, and we'll send it free. Okay, which, I mean, it it's costs $35 because we have to pay to get it printed, but but we will not charge shipping and handling if I run out because that was my fault for not bringing enough books. That's right. See, I'm not talking about politics here. This is not politics. And so I'm talking about what happens to the body of Christ, and we don't want the body of Christ to suffer. I, I don't want the, Jesus doesn't want you to be taken captive and to be led astray because of lack of knowledge people perish. Things are happening that we need to be aware of so we can stop the insanity so our children are not enslaved. My grandparents were the first missionaries, Assembly of God missionaries in China. My brother-in-law was shot and killed, my uncle, for being a pastor and not denying Christ. My parents could have escaped, and my grandparents, they prayed and said, God said to stay with the church. Most missionaries left. They were in prison two years in a concentration camp. They were beaten. My dad had to eat eggshells not to lose his teeth. They ate maggots out of their rice. I know what I'm talking about. I don't want my little boy to suffer. They're trying to bring us all right now under the new world order. That I, in, in, the brochure, in, in the 
our brochure, WMI brochure, there's a paper that explains it. There's really a five-part series, but I just printed one copy. But this is what we're trying to stop. Dr. Cottle is with me. He's joined me in Eagle Saving Nations. We're, we need Pentecost to come on the church once again. Can you say amen? We need the church once again filled with the power of God, not afraid, not being intimidated, not being coerced by the lies of man. We will speak the truth because the truth will set the captive free. Truth takes away deception. Prayer brings conviction. I'll tell you, all parties right now have adapted sins of immorality. Politics isn't going to save us. The church will save us because they've all accepted homosexuality. Four sins bring judgment on a nation, idolatry, immorality, killing the innocent, and dividing the land of Israel. We must come against these sins. If we can have another great awakening, we can save America. If not, I'll, I'll guarantee you millions are going to die, and out of that chaos, we'll finally have our great awakening. Like all through the Bible, when Israel suffered enough and enough died, they cried out to God, and God delivered them again. Do we have to go that far and have millions die? I hope not. But the church better take my message seriously. Amen? Again, I go to these nations. I gave a couple testimonies Friday night. I meet with governments. God exposes things in the parliament. I shared how God exposed five sins of murder in the parliament in Burundi. Five members of parliament stood and confessed. I don't have time to get into testimonies. Uh, the first service went a little long. <laughs> my, well, we, okay, okay. We, I'll excuse that speaker, you see. I'll tell you what, she can just flow. She can flow. So I'm not worried if, if, if I sit down and she... Oh, she, oh, she can't help it. She's a lot like me. Okay, okay. Well, I guess that's why God put us together. Amen? Are you glad God put us together? Yeah. Amen? I mean, that's what the kingdom of God is all about, isn't it? That's the kingdom of God. Is every race, every, you know, that's what it's all about. You know, we're, if we're going to heaven just to see one group of people, you're not going to go to heaven. Because it's all of us. And it was, I, I shared in the past how God brought us together. So I think, you know, very, very briefly, you know, over 10 years, three prophets told her who she would marry. Three prophets. A white man, a mature man, a worldwide ministry. When he asks you to come to America and work for him, that's the man. Now, that's pretty specific. I had, you know, Dr. Mike, who works for me in Africa, Dr. Tobias, who worked for me since 1987, he runs our Bible schools in Africa. They both told me to, you need to look at Adalia. And I said, she's too young for me. You, you, remember, when, you, you remember when Samuel and, <laughs> asked for all of the people and, and the father said, you know, I got one more boy, but he's too young. Well, I guess I was like that, you know, David's father. And so I told, and then Mike told me, Dr. Mike Kyoto, he's, he was a Buddhist. I cast demons out of him. He, he's been with me since 1998. Runs, run, runs our benevolence and help, help people with need. But um, he said, you got to look at Adalia. She was in our office in Kenya over administration. I said, she's too young for me. But then I had three pages of people, men and women, prophets, apostles, call me up and say, Dr. Hansen, I'm afraid to tell you this. I, I, didn't, know, I didn't know if I should tell you. But this is who you're supposed to marry, a young woman, an African. And they described her to a T. Three pages of people. And I'm saying, God, you got my attention. <laughs> and then in two states, 
two intercessors, different states, don't know each other, said, this is who you're going to marry. I said, really? I said, I have staff in Africa. Would you like to see them? And they both picked her out. She was at the end of the line. The furthest from me that could be. They said, that's who you're going to marry. I won't go into the rest of it, but we got married. We got married. My, my mother, who recently went on to be with the Lord in her 90s, her and dad pastored eight churches. I told her about Adalia. And um, I said, Mom, she's a lot younger than me. And Mom said, it doesn't matter. God knows how long each one will live. He knows if you need her to finish your race. I said, she's an African. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Skin doesn't matter. If you know she's from God, marry her. And I did. Dr. Cottle said, man, you have a wonderful mother. Yeah, he told me that. He said, she is a wise, wise woman. Yeah, he really did. Dr. Cottle's been my, my father for many, many years, like Apostle Peterson. He flew in and did the uh, memorial for my first wife. And uh, he flew in and, and married Adalia and I. He flew to my place and married us. You know what? And so, I mean, yeah. And so he says, you marry her. This is a woman of God. I won't go into the testimony of my little boy, but he wasn't supposed to be sitting there. She uh, couldn't get out of bed. After she was pregnant, she had tumors in her uterus. I prayed with a man over the phone in Jerusalem uh, through prayer, through revelation knowledge, through discernment. We discerned a witch out of Kenya, put a curse on her. We broke the curse. She was healed. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. 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 Somebody came into our service. We have a staff service for the staff and their families. And uh, they couldn't get out of the car. Took about an hour. They were so sick. Came in and sat down. Adalia saw spiritually said, there's demons dancing around that lady. She whispered to me. I got a couple people filled with the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues. I said, come. I called the lady to the front. They started praying in tongues. I rebuked and drove off the demons, cast them out of the place. She saw them running through the walls. Then I prayed for healing. And on her arm was a, a baseball-sized tumor just disappeared in front of everybody's eyes. That's the God we serve. Can you say amen? I like this, this, this name. You know, uh, deliverance is in your name. I believe in deliverance. You've got to have deliverance because Satan comes to destroy. God comes to set you free. Oh, hallelujah. Like I said at the beginning, sword, 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 come down and break the chains. That's going to happen today. Break the chains. Some of you need a miracle. Break the chains. Today's the day of deliverance. Today's the day of salvation. Today's the day of your healing. Sword, come down and cut the chain. We're going to talk on the champion's heart. The champion's heart. Again, we're in trouble in America. The emergent church falsely teaches that the Bible is evolving. They teach that Jesus is not against homosexuality and other condemned sins in Scripture. The scripture is evolving. Currently, some mainline churches have invited drag queens into their churches. A nationwide survey shows that only 12% of children's youth pastors have a biblical worldview. Did you hear me? 12%? What are they teaching in the youth department? Are they teaching psychology? 
that, the, that everything is evolving, there's no sin? 12%. I'm just showing you how much we need a revival in the churches. Now, I know you have a good youth pastor. Brian's been with me. Hallelujah. If you did not have a good youth pastor, he's picked me up and taken me, I would have found out already about him and confronted him for you. But you got a good youth pastor. This is a good loyal pastor right here. Can you say man? A good loyal pastor right here. Amen, 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 amen. David Wilkerson said, show me a preacher who never exposes sin, who doesn't show people the difference between the holy and the profane, who doesn't mention repentance or judgment, but instead says God wants to make you rich and prosperous, and I'll call such a man for what he is. He is a wolf. He has substituted the, cro the cross for cash. The cross for cash. I knew David Wilkerson. We wrote the same articles, and oh, we were across the country. He's invited me to New York City. He's with the Lord now, but he was a fine, fine, fine man of God, prophet of God, watchman. And uh, I really grieved when he went on to be with the Lord because we needed his voice. Can you say amen? He spoke the truth. He spoke the truth. Proximo. Now listen to this. Told the fighters in the movie Gladiator, quote, ultimately we're all dead men. Unquote. Sadly, we cannot choose how, but we can decide how we meet that end in order that we are, are remembered as men. Unquote. Some of you have watched that movie, Gladiator. Ultimately, we're all dead men. See, we need to understand that. How will the journals of heaven and the memories of the people on earth remember you? Are we together? How will the journals of heaven and the people on earth remember you. I want people on earth to die before the Lord returns to remember me as a man of God who would speak the truth no matter if they killed him. I want my children, my grandchildren, to remember their grandfather and their father as a man of God that continued to warn the nations about the kingdom of God and what is to come. I want them to say, you had a, a father, a grandfather that spoke the truth, that loved all of God's people, that warned them, that would go to prison or die for Jesus Christ. How will the journals of heaven remember you? We're going to speak on the champion heart. The champion's heart. 2 Timothy 4, 6 through 8. For I am ready to be poured out as a drink offering. And the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord the righteous will judge. Will give me on that day my crown of righteousness. And not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. How are we going to be remembered? Paul, the great apostle, is happy as his life is drawing to a close because he is satisfied that all his work is done and that his life has been spent in pleasing God. I don't want to lay on my deathbed regretting. Are we together? We only have so much time while the spirit's in the body. I don't want to lay on my deathbed regretting that I should have done more. 
that I shouldn't have wasted so much time that I could have been supporting the kingdom of God. What a, what a wonderful thought it is to imagine coming to the end of life and be able to rest on our beds with the satisfaction of knowing that God is happy with us, that God's will has been completed in our life. That's what I live and breathe for, the crown of righteousness. Paul was anticipating his crown of righteousness. Paul understood in all totality all that was expected by him, by the Lord. He used his checklist to confirm that he had accomplished it all. The apostolic grace causes a person to be conscientious regarding the stewardship of the gifts and the calling bestowed upon them by the Lord. This same consciousness can be experienced by all believers who are exposed to apostolic ministry. In many cases, believers can go through long periods of wandering in the wilderness, not having ascertained what their purpose and calling may have been. Paul's list includes three areas that sums up his apostolic job description. One, I have fought a good fight. I have fought a good fight. Paul uses an illustration that is commonly understood for those living under Roman rule and the occupying of legion of soldiers. However, he knew that the battle was with a spiritual army, a spiritual army of demons on the earth and spiritual rulers in the heavens. We have demons influencing men on earth today, governments all through the world today. That's why they hate the body of Christ. Demons are influencing them. We need to understand our warfare and how to defeat them, how to protect our families. Paul had revelations of the enemy's capabilities, the strength of forces, and the weapons of their disposal against mankind. He knew that his spiritual enemy was a military strategist who made well-planned attacks against the church of Jesus Christ. All over the world, we're being attacked today. That's why my uncle was shot and killed in China. The enemies of the church are trying to nullify the gospel of Jesus Christ. They're trying even to get it in America where you, if you talk on sin, it's against the law. Do we understand our enemies? Then we need to do what we can as ambassadors to stop this insanity. Or we won't be America under God anymore. You'll be no better than the church in China. You have to turn in your sermons and you don't say anything they don't want you to say. They're trying it right now in America. They're decriminalizing in America right now sexual laws that prohibit adults and children from having sex. In other words, pedophilia, everything is open. Incense, everything is legal. Sex with animals, everything is legal. Cutting off little girls' breasts so they can be a boy. Debauchery, human sacrifice. They are doing it right now. If you're not outraged, I am outraged. Pastor, are you outraged? If you're not outraged, get out of the ministry. Amen? I am outraged. Are you outraged at the sin in Nigeria? I am outraged at the sin coming against the church of Jesus Christ, coming against children. Children. God holds nations responsible for what that nation does. He holds us responsible. That's why we all had to overturn abortion. But when we, condone, when we condone those very sins that condemn Sodom and Gomorrah, judgment is at the door. I'm outraged. 
I am so burdened, that's why I travel the nations. As an apostle, he was equipped with super intelligence from the Holy Spirit that enabled him to triumph in Christ through the use of the armor of God, gifts of the Spirit, and authority of the believer. Paul was a spiritual general who trained his troops to invade enemy territory and destroy strongholds with the anointed word of God, plundering those held captive by the devices of the enemy. That's what we do as apostles. We wake up the church. We train the church to get ready for battle, to get engaged in the battle, not to sit back and become the victim. Can you say amen? We are engaged. We understand what's happening, and we are ready to stop that insanity. We need the power of the Holy Spirit like never before because the churches, so many churches are under fear and intimidation, and they're keeping their mouths shut. That is not what I see in the Bible of a Christian. Are you together? We're supposed to be filled with power and authority, represent our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. We need another great awakening. We've got to have it, or there's not going to be church like before. Their strategy is to close down the churches. This is just the truth, people. I have three doctorate degrees, two master's degrees, two, two uh, BAs. Most of it is in ministry, theology, divinity, although one BA is general studies and psychology from Eastern Washington University. My background, I've gone to many academies, FBI academies, criminal justice training commission, aerospace, police academies. I investigated felony crime before I went into full-time ministry in 85. I was on the SWAT team, special weapons and tactics, as well as the president of the Fellowship of Christian Peace Officers over every branch of law enforcement. FBI, CIA, U.S. Marshal, Secret Service, local county police. I know what's going on in America. They're trying to topple it, remove all Judeo-Christian values, move us into the new world order. We have traitors all over. Traitors in the FBI, the CIA, all over. Only the church can bring revival back to America if we have a passion, if we care. See, I've lived in countries around the world. I have gone to prisons before for righteousness, not compromising the gospel. I've sat in cells. My relevant relatives, some have died for the cause of Christ. I know what they're doing. I'm trying to stop it from happening to us. That's what apostles and prophets do, true apostles and prophets. I just sent out an article. I sent them out twice a month free. The difference between a real prophet and a person who operates under the gift of holy under the gifts of the Holy Spirit, prophecy. There is a big difference. One is exhortation, encouragement, and comfort. One, the prophet deals primarily with sin that separates you from God and brings judgment. He warns you and the nations of what's happening. He also moves in exhortation, encouragement, and comfort. I mean, when I come here, we do have a good time. Amen? Amen? We're encouraged. We're comforted. But I also speak the truth. Amen? And I only do because I love you fiercely. You've got to understand that. I mean, I could retire, believe me. Did you, did you get it? <laughs> Even though I got a young wife, I'm not young. <laughs> but I feel like Abraham, I'm revived. Amen? Do you, how many people think I'm in my 50s? Well, you're pretty discerning. Oh, you thought I'm in my 50s? I like you, I like you. Two people, okay, how many do you think I'm in my 40s? How many do you think I'm in my 60s? Yeah, now, now, a lot of hands up there. Closer to 70? Yeah, yeah. Well, you're right. But if you, if you think I'm going to tell you my exact age, I'm not. 
you better move in the gift of discernment under the Holy Spirit. <laughs> tell you what, Apostle, since you're my sister, I'll tell you in private. Okay. She, she will know, but she's not going to tell you. We're going we're gonna to see how much you get the Holy Spirit in that gift of discernment. Discernment. That's how I meet with governments when I get inside. That's how God shows me if, if uh, people are in whatever type of sin. I know I was in a large conference meeting, and uh, this person came up, and they were used to people exposing, you know, just telling them, you know, you're a mighty man of God. You're going to do A, B, C, D, and even though the person's in pure fornication or adultery. But that person couldn't see anything. They just told them what could be in, in reality if a person changed their life. But they weren't a prophet. And so I was in this large meeting. My plane got there three hours late. Usually I spoke three hours, and then I ministered for three hours. People got healed. Demons came out screaming, things like this. And so somebody grabbed me because the civic center said, you got to go. You know, it's your fault. You're, you're here late. So they were closing it down. It was midnight. And I said, you know, people, I'm sorry, but I can't pray for you tonight. And so somebody comes in, grabs me. Everybody's sitting there, and they're watching this man. Prophet, I'm not going to let you go if you don't give me a word. Now, he's used to this, this person that operates under prophecy, the Holy Spirit. I said, are you sure you want the word? Because everybody's watching and listening. Now, I can't give it if God doesn't show it. But God did show it this time. <laughs> I said, okay. You're sitting beside this woman. She's your wife. But, sir, you have two children from two other women. And he let me go. He didn't want no more words from God. He just let me go. <laughs> and I said, sir, God is not done with you. You get on your knees right now. You ask your wife to forgive you for adultery. You ask everybody in here to forgive you for mocking the Holy Spirit, thinking you could lie and con a man of God that moved in the Holy Spirit. And he confessed to everybody. I could tell you literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of cases like that. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not work war according to the flesh. For our weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty to God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. I have fought the good fight, recognizing we do not war after the flesh. Those that are trying to move us into the new world order, they're under the influence of Satan. Truth takes away deception. Prayer brings conviction. When I meet with governments, I say, Mr. President, this is what's happening, sir. And I take them through what's going to happen before the return of Christ. This is why they're trying to control you right now and try to force you into putting sins of abomination. You know they're trying to control your nation. You're trying to give up your sovereignty. You know it, sir. They're threatening you right now to join their coalition. But, sir, if you do, this is what the Bible says will happen to you. When I flew into Rwanda where they had killed 1.3 million people in three to six months, fasted 42 days. When you fast, you're denying yourself, which is your pride. You're, you're getting the pride out of the way. You're fasting. And when you eat, you know, you're sustaining yourself, your pride. So I, I fasted. I got myself out of the way, and then the power of God filled me. And I broke the fast when I knew I could go into that country that were slaughtering people. I had the boldness to go in. And then when I met with the parliament, I looked at the president of parliament. I said, sir, see, this is not, if you don't fast, you will never say these words. 
Sir, the majority of your parliamentarians are fools. And God calls a fool one that rejects the word of God, the knowledge of God, the wisdom of God. And sir, under your own leadership, this parliament has killed 1.3 million people in three months. You have killed an eighth of your population. And sir, your nation is damned if you don't have a great restoration, a great repentance all through the nation. Because all you're going to get is coup after coup, vengeance after vengeance. People want murder, retribution for killing their relatives. There will never be peace in Rwanda. Next day, I, I spoke to thousands in Kigali, the capital, and then I flew out. The president called me two weeks later and said, sir, do you remember me? I said, yes, sir. What can I do for you? The parliament took your words into consideration. They've called for national repentance in a stadium of 60,000 on television for seven days. They repented one to another. Do you know there has been peace ever since? Are you there? We can still change a nation. We can change a nation, you and me. That's why I keep going to the nations. The main reason is so the blood is not on me. The Bible in Ezekiel says, if you fail to warn the wicked man, the blood is on you. But if you warn him, the blood is on him if he doesn't repent. A good fight is the fight you win. I'm not going around preaching for nothing. I am waking up the church. My goal is to have a great awakening. Paul's idea of a fight was a fight you win. I have finished the course. I have won the crown. No matter how valiantly you may fight, what matters is who is left standing when the battle is over. Paul was satisfied that he won the battles that he faced in the name of Jesus. He left a contingency of disciples and churches everywhere he went. He was ready to be offered up as a sacrifice to God. It is good to be able to look back and see that your labor was not in vain. Our labor is not in vain. That those you have trained are continuing to bear the fruit of the glory of God. That is what's important in life. Our labor is not in vain. I look back over the years since 1985, and I've seen thousands and thousands and thousands of Christians, churches after churches, that were established and developed. My labor is not in vain. Coming here is not in vain. Everywhere we go, we're waking up the church. We're trying to protect the church, equip the church. Our labor is not in vain. We will get a crown of righteousness. Those you have trained are continuing in the ministry to bear the fruit of the glory of God. That is satisfaction guaranteed. Apostle Ruth Peterson is looking back and seeing so many sons and daughters she developed with satisfaction guaranteed. Pastor Brian, he's been here for 28 years now. Ten-year-old boy came into the church. He's rose to being the youth pastor. See, your labor is not in vain. She looks back and sees those in ministry. Two, I have finished the race. Paul uses the illustration of the sports arena. 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27. Do you know that those who run in a race, they all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they that do it obtain a, a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore, I run thus not with certainty, uncertainty. Thus I fight not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body, brings it into submission, lest when I have preached to others, I myself would be disqualified. We are supposed to continue the race as an athlete, as a soldier. An athlete, a soldier. 
Preparing for ministry, I continue to prepare for ministry. I continue to take courses, not for doctorate degrees, but so I can have the wisdom of God to speak to the leaders of the world. I don't need no more degrees. I have three earned doctorates, and I have another three that I could if I wanted to turn in the paperwork. I'm doing it for the wisdom of God so I can speak to the leaders of the world and give them God's wisdom. I'll be in the parliament May the 2nd. I fly to Israel a week from today. They need the wisdom of God. And that's why I continue to train myself and take courses. Finishing with, without disqualifying was an important goal for the apostle. The idea of disqualification or forfeiting what was promised is illustrated by the apostle using Israel and their failure to wholly follow God. Paul lists the reasons for their failure to enter the promised land and warns believers not to follow in the footsteps of rebellion and unbelief. If we want the blessings of God, be fruitful in ministry, financial pro prosperity and protection of the enemy, health, we need to be understanding the ways of God and following it with all of our heart. 1 Corinthians 10, 1 through 11. Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud. They all passed through the sea. All were baptized in Moses in the cloud, all in the sea. All ate the same spiritual food. All drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, the rock of Christ. But with most of them, God was not well pleased, for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Now these things became an example to the extent intent that we should not lust after the evil things as they lusted. And do not become idolaters as were some of them. The people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Now let us commit sexual immorality as some of them did. And in one day, 23,000 fell dead. Let us not tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed by the serpents. Nor complain as some of them did and complained and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now all these things happened to them as examples that they were written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the ages have come. I know years ago I had uh, tumors in my lungs and uh, well, thought cancer in my kidney and other things. I went to the Lord. I, I did a lot of self-evaluation from the Word of God. My attitude, my giving, my emotions, everything. Eating and drinking and uh, repented, changed a lot of things. And uh, even your attitude, see, can destroy you, cause disease. Now, after about six months, and every time I went to the doctor, it showed the same thing. Here's the tumors, here's the, what they thought was cancer in the kidney and this and that, and said, you know, they need to, we need to do something. And uh, I kept feeling no. Finally, I went to the doctor, and he... Uh, he looked and said, I can't believe it, but you look at all these x-rays and look at the x-ray today. All your tumors are gone. And you have no cancer in your kidney. And this is a, was a Korean surgeon. I ran to him. I picked him up. I swung him around. And I said, doctor, I told you God was real. But as it said... You know, I did a lot of making sure I was in every area right with God to receive the answers to prayer. It's important, you know, what we eat, what we drink, everything else. You like lattes? Well, keep black coffee. Those lattes are filled with sugar. Oh, I better not touch on. I had to do, I had to do some repenting on that area. 
you know, and, 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 and sodas and everything. <laughs> you do know if you get cancer, they tell you to quit all sugar. Okay, the point is, right now, all of us want to make sure we're right with God. Amen? And whenever we're not right, we say, God, forgive me, and then let God heal us. Again, at the beginning, I said, let the sword come down. Let the sword come down. Let the sword come down. Let there be healing today, deliverance, salvation. 1 Corinthians 10, 12. The Corinthians believers were in danger of disqualification because they had a false sense of security that existed among them, as Paul said. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. We need to take our salvation seriously. Evaluate our lives seriously. Making sure our attitudes are correct. Making sure we don't let the sun go down on our wrath. I always make, you know, if I, if I think I've hurt Adalia during the day, I always ask her to forgive me before I sleep. And then I always make sure she forgives me if I have to tell some jokes and make her laugh. Because we have to go down without the sun on our wrath. It's important. Because the root of bitterness that can enter in and start to separate. But if every day you're right with God and each other, there's no root of bitterness. Normally, if you don't forgive, it's, it's just a manifestation of pride. You need to forgive immediately. A number of years ago, Leonard Ravenhill wrote the book, Drinking from the River and Dying in the Wilderness. He points out the danger of false security that comes from enjoying God's blessing in our midst as the Spirit is poured out upon us while still continuing to indulge in the flesh and sin. The Corinthians were having a great move of God, but were not allowing their lifestyle to catch up with all the anointing they were experiencing when they were together. It's easy to think we must be okay since God is still there blessing us with his spirit. That God doesn't really mind if we continue living as we did before we were saved. They drank from the river and died in the wilderness. The Israelites had a river of God among them that was manifested in five supernatural provisions. Supernatural protection from the cloud. Supernatural deliverance through the sea. Supernatural leadership of Moses, supernatural food from heaven, supernatural rock, water from the rock. With all of these manifestations, all of these blessings, they still continued in five sins that brought disqualification to them, not allowing them to enter the promised land that God had wanted for them. One, they lusted after evil things. Two, idolatry. Three, sexual immorality. Four, tempting God. Five complaining. These sins caused the Israelites to step out of the bounds and disqualify themselves. Paul used the illustration of a runner in a race. He was referring to the runner must remain in his lane. He must stay within the boundaries if he is going to finish the race. If you're in a sprinting race, I used to run races when I was a young man. When I, when I was in high school, I ran the 100 mile dash, the 220, the 440. You had to stay in your lane or you disqualify. He must stay in the boundaries. The lines on either side of the lane are there to make sure the runner has the straightest path to the goal. They're not there to provide hindrance, but to provide the greatest opportunity to succeed. Often the boundaries set for the believer may seem restrictive, may cause any rebellion in our hearts to be manifested through complaining against the ways of God, how God is dealing with us. Boundaries are necessary for training us in self-defense, self-discipline, pro protocol, and submission. Without these things established in our lives, we will not finish our race. I have boundaries in my life. You have boundaries. We have to stay in the lane. 
or the enemy has a chance to attack us, to deceive us, or even destroy us. They are necessary for our protection, training us in self-discipline and submission. Paul was satisfied knowing he had not crossed the lines. In many competitive sports, there are categories of winners, first, second, and third. But we must continue to strive to finish the race, to receive the crown of righteousness, the first prize. Three, I have kept the faith. When we talk about faith, we usually are referring to the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, Hebrews 11.1. 1. That faith that Jesus was talking about in Mark 11.24, which we commonly call the prayer of faith, the prayer of faith. Mark 11.24, therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. The prayer of faith. We talked Friday night about again. Peace, living in peace, not praying and taking back upon yourself what you just committed to God. Stay in the lane. Don't commit something to God and take it back. Faith in this sense is believing that you already have what you have not seen. This is a faith we use to receive the promises of God. Faith perceives as a real fact that which has not yet been revealed to the five physical senses. It hasn't been revealed. It's not believing because you see it or touch it or smell it or eat it. I believe because I believe in the word of God. Now, if you take it back, you're taking it upon yourself. You're going into the five senses, which is our own pride. We're relying on ourselves. I submitted my life to the Lord. I evaluated my life when I had sicknesses, and I had a lot more than that. But it, I just don't have the time to continue into some of these testimonies. I've had God deliver me time and time and time again when I should have been dead. Like three days with a ruptured appendix. You have two hours to have surgery or you're dead. Three days with a ruptured appendix. When the Lord finally let me go, they did a surgery immediately and they were, they were scolding my wife. If you would have brought him in two days ago, we could have saved his life. And all she could say is he wouldn't let me because I wouldn't let her take me in. Then when I, three days later, God said, okay, go now. I said, why did you let me suffer three days? Then after the surgery, I woke up. See, I should have been dead. The doctor said, you are in the medical journals now, Dr. Hansen. When that ruptured appendix happened, the poison should have flowed through you and hit your heart, and you were dead. What we can't believe, it's like water coming out. It ruptured. It did not go anywhere. It stayed right there. That's impossible. That's impossible. I said, Lord, I, I'm glad I'm alive, but why did you let me suffer for three days? He said, nobody would have believed you had a ruptured appendix. They would have thought, nah, he didn't have no ruptured appendix. He had the flu. He had food poisoning, but a ruptured appendix? And I have the proof, scientifically, in the medical journals, three days and I did not die. Three days that the poison would not go anywhere. It stayed right there. Hallelujah. That's like opening up the sea. That's like water coming out of the rock. These things are impossible. That's like Peter walking on water. I would have been dead, but I, I heard the voice of God and I obeyed him. Faith is our sixth sense. It is believing 
with the heart independently from the five senses. Paul was not talking about faith in his sense. He was about talking about faith as a sum total of our beliefs, not the five senses. This is faith that Jude was describing. Jude 3, beloved, while I was very diligent to write you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend for the faith which was once delivered for all the saints. Paul was satisfied that he had kept the faith. He had helped to preserve the carnal doctrines of Christianity. Establish the believers in sound doctrine. The word doctrine simply means teaching. Paul taught them the truth of God without mixture of error and managed to put it in written form for all the ages to be blessed by it. Timothy was to continue to preach the truth that he learned from Paul so that faith once delivered to the saints would continue through the ages. 2 Timothy 4, 1 through 4. I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who would judge the living and the dead at his appearing and at his kingdom. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers that they will turn away their ears away from the truth and turn aside into fables. That's what's going on right now. Paul, if we wanted to continue, he wrote about how raging wolves would come into the church. He was crying and weeping. Raging wolves will come in and twist the word of God and lead you into heresy, lead you into false doctrine. That's going on right now. Raging wolves, the emergent church, evolving church, everything's okay. No, Paul said, pass it on to the faithful people who will preach the truth. Pass it on to Timothy. This is what we're contending right now is for the faith. We are contending for the faith. We must contend for the faith because they're twisting the word of God. They're ordaining homosexuals now. We are contending for the faith. Paul says, for Paul, fighting a good fight, finishing the race, keeping the faith. That is what it's about. When we reach the end of our life, are you ready to meet God? Have you done everything you could? Have you fought the good fight? Have you finished the race? Have you kept the faith? That's where we're going on. We must fight for the truth. 2 Timothy 2, 3-4, You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may himself be enlisted as a good soldier. We must fight for the truth. That's where we're at, ladies and gentlemen. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Apostle Peterson knows that one of my daughters, the one we adopted out of Somalia, a couple years ago, had a double skull fracture. Just arrived in Hawaii, a double skull fracture. Intubated for a solid three weeks. A heart was going into arrest. I anointed it with Hoyle in the hospital. Rebuked Satan. And again, the heart was going into arrest. Breathe, uh, pumping irregularly. They were worried that right there she'd have a heart attack. They had gathered around. They didn't give her any chance anyway. 
with a double skull fracture, bleeding in from the nose profusely. They couldn't stop it. And then when the heart went into arrest, again, they let, they let me stay right there for a solid month in the hospital. I anointed with her her oil, rebuked Satan, and she vomited over the whole bed. And she's unconscious, incubated. Normally, they don't want you to vomit. But the heart came back to normal. They did the surgery. They found the, the bleeding under the nose. They stopped the bleeding. And uh, she's alive today. You, you remember that. And that's just happened a couple years ago. We fight the good fight. We use our spiritual weapons and our authority. See, they didn't give her any chance. Double skull fracture. Bleeding, and they can't stop the bleeding. If I showed you the pictures, they're pretty ugly. Just bleeding uncontrollably. They can't stop it. It's a miracle they said they found the damage under the nose that was causing the bleeding. But the heart under arrest should have killed her when you're incubated. The skull fracture should have killed her. She has a destiny. I know her destiny. I wouldn't give up. Can you say amen? That boy has a destiny. I wouldn't give up. Adalia has a destiny. I wouldn't give up. She just about died in a hospital with that boy. She was hemorrhaging 34 hours in the hospital. She saw the angels coming down. She said, John, I think I'm dying. I said, no, don't you remember? These are the prophetic words. You have a destiny. Those angels are to help you give delivery right now. There were four doctors. When this was over, you had five doctors in the room, six nurses over a simple delivery. Four doctors for four hours trying to pull the baby out of the birth canal. The baby's born, it's not breathing, she's hemorrhaging. I could lose both of them. I said, what do you want me to do? Go with, the, go with our son. He starts breathing. Hemorrhaging stops. I've got them both today. Can you say amen? Because they have a destiny. They both have a destiny. And I knew who I was in Christ Jesus. I knew what God had said about them. I was holding on to that destiny. You have a destiny. I have a destiny. We're going to fight the good faith. We're not going to give up the course. We're going to finish the race. Because a crown of righteousness is for all of us waiting. This church has a destiny. There's a purpose for it. The truth has to continually be preached. Uncompromised. With sons and daughters that continue uncompromised the word of God. Nigeria needs the uncompromised word of God. There's a lot of the word of God being pumped in all through Nigeria and the rest of Africa with a twisted word of God. They're twisting it. Instead of discipling the nations in the pure word of God, some of them are discipling them into nothing but greed and prosperity. Amen? It's happening all through the world. Let's get back to the word of God. We did not become ministers of the gospel for greed and gluttony. But we got into the ministry to give our life for the church. To lay it down as a living sacrifice. If need be, to die for the church. That's why my uncle was shot and killed in China. That's why my father and his parents went through a concentration camp. They could have escaped. 
God said, you stay with my body, my church. They weren't Chinese, but they stayed with a Chinese church. I've sat in cells. We are pouring out our life as a living sacrifice. They're trying to take over the nations, but the church of Jesus Christ cannot be defeated. Can you say amen? amen. We cannot be defeated. Say, I cannot be defeated. I cannot be defeated. Hallelujah. With every head bowed, every eye closed. You say, Pastor, your message spoke to me today. I want to fight for the truth of Jesus Christ. I don't want to compromise. I want a champion's heart. I want the peace of God. I am ready to lay down my life. We need another great awakening in America. I want to be part of that great awakening. I want to be part of ushering the Holy Spirit into my community. I want to support this church, be faithful. I don't want to be like some of those people in the wilderness that spoke negatively. And for those reasons, they did not receive the promises of God. Your message touched me today. Help me, Father God. Forgive my sins. If that's you, raise your hand quickly. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Our time is far gone, but if you need a touch from God, you want the anointing of God to rest upon you like greater than ever before, you want to submit your life like greater than ever before, you're ready then to again consecrate yourself afresh and anew. So I've failed God, but I want to, from this day forward, I want a champion's heart. I want to help usher in a great revival. I need a healing. I need a deliverance. And just get out of your chair and come forward very quickly. And we're just going to pray. Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program. We need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360 629 
1-800-242-5248. Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.